Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Jake Picker along with Max Redding and Joel Langstein as we get set to dive into one of the bigger stories, um, I guess, revolving around Major League Baseball this week. And it really comes down to one team, guys, and that is the New York Metropolitans always seem to be at the center of attention. Um, You know, when things are going good for them, they're good. And boy, when things are going bad, it is just a downward spiral. And that's kind of what we've seen here um, over the last week. They're acting general manager Zach Scott getting arrested at 4 a.m. this morning, cited with a DUI. And that's not even the biggest story of the week. I mean, if you ask me, the bigger story comes with this whole Javi Baez, Frankie Lindor, all this stuff going on, pretty much booing the fans. And for me, this whole episode um, is probably one of the easier episodes that we've ever recorded. We kind of talked earlier. We've done no research on it, really. We've written out no notes. This is strictly um, just kind of off the cuff. And I think what's special about this episode is that you two are essentially diehard Mets fans. So to really get your take on on what's going on right now um, will be interesting. So, Joel, I'm just going to start with you and kind of get your thoughts on what happened in terms of the whole booing the fans stuff. Well, you know, I'm definitely an over-emotional Mets fan. And I think what Baez said really angered me um not even more much as much about him personally but i think what happened was he was coming from chicago where they cheer everything and i'm not i'm not a cubs fan so i don't i'm sure some cubs fans boo but i've watched a lot of cubs games and they love their cubs no matter what and they'll cheer for them when they're down 10 or up 10 and i think he kind of came into new york coming from that group and probably experienced a lot of culture shock. And so, like, I could understand that, and I don't hold that against him. But I think he came into a situation where the players were already sort of getting mad about the media and about the fans. And I think that he came in and kind of just said what everyone was saying behind the scenes. And I think as a fan who is still watching the team after they've pretty much had one of the worst months of baseball in the history of the franchise to be told from Javi Baez, quote, you need to be better. I felt like I was in in an April Fool's joke. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It came off after they actually won two games in a row. And I was just in so much shock that I felt like almost kind of betrayed by the team. Now they did clean it up and Cohen, you know, had the players apologize. You know, I don't know if they would have apologized if he intervened or not. But I think that when you look across New York and New York sports history, every star player has been booed. Mike Piazza was booed. Jeter was booed. Mariano Rivera was booed. Eli Manning, after he won two Super Bowls, was booed. So when Baez comes in and says this stuff, I don't pay as much attention to him because he hasn't really been here. But I think the fact that guys like Lindor also were involved, even a Pilar and even a Conforto who's been here for years and knows the ropes. I think I was just really taken aback and I felt like here I am every night watching, rooting when everyone's telling me they're done, it's over, and I'm still sitting in front of the TV and till 1030 at night. And and the players have the nerve to be booing me behind behind my back. I just was so mad. 
And I don't even know what else to say on it because I'm still in shock. I know the controversy's kind of subsided for the last couple of days, but I don't know what's going to happen. I think this team is going to look very different next year. And I think Baez pretty much cemented his his legacy here, and, and he will not be a Met next year. So I don't for me, yeah. For, for me, it comes down to a few things. The first thing is, and this is probably the most obvious or, or a few. There's a few obvious things for me. The first thing is New York is not for everybody. And we hear it all the time. And that is the truth. It's a much bigger market. You're dealing with, look, where you might have a few main reporters that you see in Cleveland or Chicago or maybe even not Chicago, you know, Milwaukee, some of these smaller markets, you come to New York, the media is crazy and players are not always able to adapt to that. Players are not always able to handle the pressure of playing in front of a New York fan base and to come out and actually admit that we are essentially booing the fans by doing the thumbs down. You have to be a moron to come out and say that. How stupid to actually admit that And that's what you're doing, especially when the fans have a right to be booing, when the team is just spiraling downward every game. That's the first thing. The second thing is, in terms of the whole, you know, who's doing it? I know there was a video of Trevor May maybe doing it, the relief pitcher, and Pilar had come out and said, you know, he didn't really know what it meant. Now, whether or not you believe that, I will say about the whole May situation, and and we'll never really know for sure. But sometimes, especially being a relief pitcher, I think that you might not always know what's going on. Like if you're watching and you see, oh, our guys are doing thumbs, you know, major league um, clubs have been doing this, you know, for as long as I can remember celebrating when you get on second or celebrating when you get a hit on first. Right, that's why I and, didn't think that there was anything to it. I, I was watching it for days and I'm like, oh, I guess that's their new thing. So, so I, I will no say that maybe some guys just joined in not knowing exactly what it meant. But for the guys that did know what it meant, it's just for me, it's really a, just despicable. And, um, you know, we've heard it a lot. The fans pay your salary and the fans coming to the game and spending money on food and merchandise and at the stores. And, um, you know, it's just uh, I it, even talking about it now, I feel like I'm at a loss of words just trying to to really wrap your head around the fact that a player came out and actually had the nerve to say they were booing the fans on top of which. And this is this is one of the points that I wanted to hit on, you know, last year during covid, when there were essentially no fans in the ballparks, all we heard from players, we miss the fans. You know, we miss the energy they give us. You know, we won't take it for granted anymore. And then they're back. And they're booing you because your team is, you know, going down the toilet and you have the nerve to say, we're going to boo the fans you know, right back when we get really a hit. kind of got me was the apologies are, are forced. They ring hollow. It, it's, you know, Sandy Alderson, the uh, the president, came out with a statement pretty quickly afterwards condemning the actions of Javi Baez and, and company. Um, I, I believe maybe Zach Scott did as well. Steve Cohen uh, said something. Um, but... It's really, I, I think, Jake, we were talking about this uh, via text earlier in the week or something. It, it's a leadership void. It's, to, 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 to uh, my God, uh, to Joel's point, uh, Conforto. Conforto's a guy who's been there since 2015. He's a guy who was in a World Series with the team. He's a guy who's been in the playoffs with this team. He's a guy who is sort of looked at as, as, as a role model by fans. A lot of fans love him. I love him. I have his jersey. To, for him to not speak up 
uh, and for other players that have been there maybe longer, right, to, to not speak up is, is honestly deplorable. Um, it, it's if, and you said you had said if, if David Wright was there, this would not have happened, and I agree with you. This would not have happened if, if it got a. Like there is Wright no was, doubt. Even a guy like is, Jose Reyes or a guy like Carlos. Well, I, I personally I wouldn't go that far to include those two guys. I think Wright is is where the point can be made. I mean, they do not have a leader in that clubhouse. Whether Lindor or Alonso think they're acting like a leader and saying the right stuff and all that. I personally believe they really don't have a leader in the clubhouse because if you did, you would be smart enough to not really allow this to happen. Um, and and I truly believe if Wright was still there, that this would not have happened. And to go back to your point, you made a really good point about the apologies being forced and kind of, you know, if we offended anybody, well, that to me kind of takes away from the apology. If you're saying if we offended anybody, of course you offended people. <laughs> to me, and Joel, Joel, I especially, because you're a little bit more, um, I don't know, emotional or or fired up sometimes than Maxinger because you, you really football. live and breathe by the Mets. If I'm Steve Cohen, you do too. He's, yes, true. If I'm Steve Cohen, you have Javi Baez as a rental this season, right? For, for the rest of the year. Your team is most likely not going to the playoffs, okay? So, you know. Him being on the team, trying to trying to get some stuff out of him is essentially useless at this point. If I'm Steve Cohen or Zach Scott, as soon as he says that stuff, the next day or even that night or after the game, whenever he said it, I'm you're off the team. Done. That's how you send a message from the top with leadership. He's replaced. He's not going to be on the team next year, most likely. Send a message and cut him now. Done. Bye bye. Well, I thought that at first and. I'm not necessarily against it. And the whole irony of this is, look, I mean, fans don't they can't act with impunity. We saw during the NBA playoffs, a lot of fans were throwing stuff on the court, hitting athletes. That's unacceptable, you know, and when and when I go to games, I mostly watch, you know, I cheer if I don't really even boo that much. But I'll talk about how players need to play better. And the whole irony of this to me is. I bet if you actually sampled the whole Mets fan base, most Mets fans don't boo. And I think what what the problem I have with some of the players now is that they're conflating legitimate criticism with negativity. And they take like one example where maybe a fan was out of line and said something wrong or there was a really outlandish report. And then they'll take that and conflate it with legitimate criticism of their play. For example... If I went to a restaurant and I was paying money to get food and the chef made a mistake with my order, I'd say, look, I, I ordered this food. I respectfully I'd like to send this food back. I didn't. This wasn't what I wanted. You know, imagine if the chef then came out and said, oh, you're criticizing me. I'm going to criticize you now and see how you like it. I mean, that's how I felt as a Met fan. I know it's a weird analogy, but I think Cohen could cut Baez, I think, though, that because him and Lindor are so close and whether you like it or not as a Met fan, Lindor is here for the long haul. I think the long play, knowing they're likely not going to make it anyways and there will be a different team next year, I personally would ride out the month, see if you catch lightning in a bottle, which you likely won't, and then the day after the season, you just start making your changes because... I don't see a benefit to the team at this point from getting rid of Baez. And the one thing in this conversation, the one name 
we have not mentioned is Luis Rojas. We talk about Pete Alonso not speaking up or even a DeGrom. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but where's the manager? He's the leader of these teams. And the whole thing for me is now we're in an analytic age. So basically the decisions have largely been taken out of the manager's hands. They're now supposed to basically keep morale in check and motivate the players. And Rojas clearly can't even do that. So I would, he's on the hot seat now, and I don't expect him back next year. And to me, while I do blame certain players for not speaking up, the fact that Rojas can't even do the one thing that his job requires now, to me, is the end of his Mets tenure. And I think we'll look back on this season as as a loss. You know, I might put this whole month up there with the 07 collapse. I feel it's that bad. The other thing that we that we haven't mentioned and that is relevant to the conversation from a different angle. I went to the game last night. It is amazing to me how quickly fans and their perspective can change. And it just goes to show that when push comes to shove, right or wrong, it's all about winning. Okay, and the fans, how easily they forget. I would say, you know, I was there for the second game of the doubleheader last night. I know in the first game, Baez got booed. I would say in the second game, half and half. Some people I thought were actually cheering extra for him as a way to say, like, we are here. You told us to be better and kind of took it as a um, as a motivation thing. I really believe that some fans felt that like, oh, you don't think we're good enough? Well, take a look at us now. And then there were other fans, of course, that booed. Um, but it's it just it's amazing how fickle the fans are and how easily, you know, he this is a player who hasn't been here for three months, even comes out, says we're, pretty much we're booing the New York fans and mocking them. And then the guy gets one single or scores the winning so run in the first game and he's being cheered this. like a champion. Winning Give me a break. Winning cures everything. And, and I think that's true. Winning does cure everything. If the Mets happen to, as Joel said, catch lightning in a bottle and go on a run here and somehow by a miracle of God, make the playoffs and get hot and win the world, and, and even win a playoff round, or even go, think of the wildest stretch and say they win the World Series somehow, which is maybe the odds are infinitesimally small uh, at this point. Um, that will change the entire perspective of everyone because you won a World Series or you won a playoff matchup, and, and that, that that helps heal wounds. Um, Baez, for what it's worth, uh, I think putting the whole thing in context, it doesn't excuse anything that they've done. It doesn't excuse anything they've said. Booing fans is ridiculous. Um, fans do not need to be better. They're not throwing things. As long as they're not actively putting you in harm's way by throwing things or, or saying racial slurs or anything like that, they can do whatever they want. They're paying money to be there. And and on top of it, on top of it, it's one thing if I understand some of the frustration, like let's say you're on a 10-game win streak, right? You come back, you go 0 for 3 at the plate, you're getting booed. That's a little, I understand that. This team is skidding like nobody's business. Lindor has barely bat above 200 the whole year. You know, players, the whole season. So, yeah, fans have a right to boo. Do these guys deserve to be booed? Yeah, probably they do. And that's coming. This is coming from me, who I don't really boo anybody. Just to finish my thought out real quick. um, To put it in context, they have won, I believe, now four or five straight. Baez has been the catalyst in a couple of those wins. I, think, I believe he got a winning hit the other night. He got the when he scored the winning run uh, from first to home 
uh, yesterday, which was a pretty impressive slide. Um, so he has made some difference in the team's dynamic. I will I will put it into perspective and say, if this is a way for them to get going, I am willing to not forgive, but to say, okay, you guys did what you had to do for yourselves, maybe, to go on a run. And as a fan, I'll take a run. I'll take I'll take a winning streak. But real, to the to the point to the point of all right, well, loss, keep to the point you of keep high. I had so much respect for him when there were placements back in like back in June, July, whatever the you know, whatever May, June, July, when everyone else was injured, when they were winning with guys that are in double A AA or triple I've lost all of that respect. Yeah, it's um, they got a complicated situation on their hands, no doubt about it. Um, as we kind of come down the final stretch of the season here. But hey, we said we were going to make this a 20 minute episode. We're at the 17 minute mark. We're coming in three minutes under, which is very rare for this show to be under time. That is just, yeah, bravo to you guys. Um, I will say, obviously, more on the um, baseball side, maybe next week, especially that race that is heating up in the NL West, the Dodgers and the Giants. And um, look, playoffs are right around the corner. Things starting to heat up and we will uh, be taking a deep dive into that and some other teams around the league that are getting hot at the right time. All that coming up on the next Battery Sports Edge. Joel, you got you, you have something to say, Joel? No, I was just going to say, for all the negative stuff I've said tonight, if Atlanta loses to the Dodgers, the Mets are only five out of the division. They were three and a half back last Friday. So, you know, maybe this time next week when we're talking, the Mets could be two or three games out of first. That is spoken. And then I'll get a, a Javi Baez booing t-shirt. Oh, jeez. How about that? That is spoken like a true fan of the orange and blue. That does it for tonight's episode on the Battery Sports Podcast. For Max Redding and Joel Langsey, and I'm Jake Picker. Be good, everybody. Be good.